ま、ま、ちょっとハロウィンのことは多分去年も話したと思うので、今日はさらに進めて、この金曜日、11月、あ、この金曜日じゃないか、来週か。うん。えっと、11月10日。11日。11日。うん。Yes, <笑> Talk about that being on 111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111111
sometimes a bit exciting stories, but mostly stories about their friends who were killed Mm -hmm. and the suffering that it was and how awful it was to see Europe become such a awful place Mm -hmm. where uh, it used to be fields and forests and it ended up being just mud. Mm -hmm. And um, then they would try to remind us war should never happen again. And uh, they started doing that right from the beginning. But unfortunately, war hasn't stopped. Mm. But I wish we could all listen to the stories of those soldiers who fought, who believed what they were fighting for was right, but still feel that the war was a terrible thing that should never Mm. happen again. In Canada, everybody wears a red flower on their Mm -hmm. coat. It's called a poppy. And that's because in one field in Europe, uh, maybe France or Holland, I don't remember now, I think in France or Belgium maybe, there is a field that has many, many, many Canadian soldiers Mm. that were buried there. And in that field, there's lots of poppies growing. Mm. And so someone wrote, a poem about that and so Canadians always buy little poppies to put in their coat and the money goes to take care of uh, um, men who fought in the war Mm. who have difficulties, injuries or poor conditions. Mm. So. Yes, Yes. that war had a big impact on Halifax, Mm. especially since Halifax was a beautiful um, harbor city and there was an explosion of um, bombs and other things that were being shipped to Europe and that destroyed most of the city. So that uh, Halifax paid a big price. So they really feel deeply. So we saw monuments and. So, so, the last step. Right on the dock, uh, the, there's a, um, uh, a, an archway to mm. this is the door. This is the last step that many soldiers got in a boat mm. to go to war. Mm. And yes, it's a very uh, big thing. So uh, kind of a sad time, but also very important to think about mm. that uh, we should be careful to keep wars from war from happening, even though even now it's happening. So, yeah. So we what we need to do is learn more. What? Makes wars happen, and how can you stop them? Mm. Yes. Remembrance Day. Remembrance Day. Remember that war, what that happened in the mm. war, and remember that it shouldn't happen again. Remembrance yeah. Day. It's a very mm. important holiday, but it's a holiday that's not celebration. So that's yeah, a very uh, quiet, thoughtful day. Mm. Yes. Well, um, we should get back to Harry Potter. But if you know the story of Harry Potter, some of those ideas actually come into 
Yes. How do you stop uh, violence? Comes into the story later on. Maybe if you read all the way through, you will see that. But right now, uh, we're going to go back to Hogwarts Christmas holiday, and Harry's going to have one of his own conflicts. Do you remember after a wonderful Christmas day, his best ever, he remembered the coat that someone gave him. Called the invisibility cloak, mm. and so he、uh, got out of bed, wrapped it around himself, and、uh, saw that it was、um, that he was invisible,、mm. and remembered the words in the letter that said, "Use it well."、Mm. So, yeah. So let's keep reading from there. Suddenly. Harry felt wide awake. The whole of Hogwarts was open to him in this cloak. Excitement flooded through him as he stood there in the dark and silence. He could go anywhere in this, anywhere, and Filch would never know. Ron grunted in his sleep. Should Harry wake him? Something held him back. His father's cloak. He felt that this time, the first time, he wanted to use it alone.、Mm. He crept out of the dormitory, down the stairs, across the common room, and climbed through the portrait hole. And that's how they got out of the Gryffindor Tower.、Mm. "Who's there?" squawked the fat lady. Harry said nothing. He walked. Quickly down the corridor. Where should he go? He stopped, his heart racing, and thought. And then it came to him: the restricted section in the library. <laughs> He'd be able to read as long as he liked, as long as it took, to find out who Flamel was. He set off, drawing the invisibility cloak tight around him. As he walked,、mm. the library was pitch black and very eerie. Eerie is kind of a weird, scary feeling.、Mm. Um, maybe if you've been in a strange place in the dark,、mm. where you maybe feel eerie is a good word for Halloween, actually. Yes, yes. Pitch black Yeah, it was very dark in there. And of course, yeah, pitch, pitch black means pitch was the black tar that they, they put in、uh, boats to make them float. Mm-hmm. Or to put on the road where there's cracks.、Mm-hmm. So, pitch is very, very, very black.、Mm-hmm. So, if a room is pitch black,、mm-hmm. that means it's very, very dark.、Mm-hmm. Harry lit a lamp to see his way along the rows of books. The lamp looked as if it was floating along in midair. <laughs> and even though Harry could find his arm supporting it, Could feel his arm supporting it. The sight gave him the creeps. <laughs> the creeps means when you feel strange, 
scary feeling going up your back. That's the <laughs> The restricted section was right at the back of the library. Stepping carefully over the rope that separated the, these books from the rest of the library, he held up his lamp to read the titles. They didn't tell him much. Their peeling, faded gold letters spelled words in languages Harry couldn't understand. Some had no title at all. One book had a dark stain on it that looked horribly like blood. The hairs on the back of Harry's neck prickled. Maybe he was imagining it, maybe not. But he thought a faint whispering was coming from the books,、mm. as though they knew someone was there who shouldn't be.、Mm. He had to start somewhere. Setting the lamp down carefully on the floor, he looked along the bottom shelf for an interesting looking book. A large black and silver volume caught his eye. He pulled it out with difficulty because it was very heavy, and balancing it on his knee, let it fall open. A piercing, blood curdling shriek split the silence. So, piercing is like something that,、um, uh, like a knife that points、mm-hmm. into you.、Uh, blood curdling means it makes your blood, <laughs> it's so scary, it makes your blood go hard. <laughs> okay, blood curdling shriek is the worst kind of scream.、Mm. Split the silence. The book was screaming. <laughs> Have you ever read a book like that? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Harry snapped it shut, but the shriek went on and on. One high, unbroken, ear splitting note. He stumbled backward and knocked over his lamp, which went out at once. Panicking, he heard footsteps coming down the corridor outside. Stuffing the shrieking book back on the shelf, he ran for it. He passed Filch in the doorway. Filch's pale, wide, wild eyes looked straight through him. And Harry slipped under Filch's outstretched arm and streaked off up the corridor, the book's shrieks still ringing in his ears.、Mm. He came to a sudden halt in front of a tall suit of armor. He had been so busy getting away from the library, he hadn't paid attention to where he was going. Perhaps because it was dark, he didn't recognize where he was at all. There was a suit of armor near the kitchen, he knew, but he must be five floors above there. You asked me to come directly to you, Professor, if anyone was wandering around at night and somebody's been in the library, restricted section.、Mm. Harry felt the blood drain out of his face. Wherever he was, Filch must know a shortcut 
because his soft, greasy voice was getting nearer. And to his horror, it was Snape who replied, <laughs> The restricted section? Well, they can't be far. We'll catch them. Harry stood rooted to the spot. So being rooted is like a, a tree with roots and the tree doesn't move. Mm-hmm. So Harry couldn't move. He was so scared. Mm. Harry stood rooted to the spot as Filch and Snape came around the corner ahead. They couldn't see him, of course, but it was a narrow corridor. That's a hallway. And if they came much nearer, they'd knock right into him. The cloak didn't stop him from being solid. (laughs) He backed away as quietly as he could. A door stood ajar to his left. When a door is ajar, it means it's partly open. A door stood ajar to his left. It was his only hope. He squeezed through it, holding his breath, trying not to move it. And to his relief, he managed to get inside the room without their noticing anything. They walked straight past, and Harry leaned against the wall, breathing deeply, listening to the footsteps dying away. That had been close, very close. It was a few seconds before he noticed anything about the room he had hidden in. It looked like an unused classroom. The dark shapes of desks and chairs were piled against the walls, and there was an upturned waste paper basket, so a garbage can that's upside down. (laughs) But propped against the wall, facing him, was something that didn't look as if it belonged there, something that looked as, as if someone had just put it there to keep it out of the way. It was a magnificent mirror, as high as the ceiling, with an ornate gold frame. Ornate means many decorations. Mm. Standing on two clawed feet. There was an inscription carved around the top. Erised stra eru oit ube Kafru oit on woti. Do you know what that means? <laughs> it's too bad you can't read it. It might help you later, but his panic, fading now that there was no sound of Filch and Snape, Harry moved nearer to the mirror, wanting to look at himself, but see no reflection again. So he wanted to check, Mm. am I invisible? He stepped in front of it. He had to clap his hands to his mouth to stop himself from screaming. He whirled around. His heart was pounding far more furiously than when the book had screamed. 
for he had seen not only himself in the mirror, but a whole crowd of people standing right behind him. Mm. But the room was empty. Breathing very fast, he turned slowly back to the mirror. There he was, reflected in it, white and scared looking, and there, reflected behind him, were at least ten others. Harry looked over his shoulder, but still no one was there. Or were they all invisible too? Was he in fact in a room full of invisible people, and this (laughs) mere trick was that it reflected them, invisible or not? He looked in the mirror again. A woman standing right behind his reflection was smiling at him and waving. He reached out a hand and felt the air behind him. If she was really there, he'd touch her. Their reflections were so close together, but he felt only air. She and the others existed only in the mirror. She was a very pretty woman. She had dark red hair and her eyes. Her eyes are just like mine, Harry thought, edging a little closer to the glass. Bright green, exactly the same shape. But then he noticed that she was crying, smiling but crying at the same time. The tall, thin, black-haired man standing next to her put his arm around her. He wore glasses, and his hair was very untidy. It stuck up at the back, just as Harry's did. Harry was so close to the mirror now that his nose was nearly touching that of his reflection. Mom, he whispered. Dad? They just looked at him, smiling, and slowly Harry looked into the faces of the other people in the mirror and saw other pairs of green eyes like his, other noses like his, even a little man who looked as though he had Harry's knobbly knees. Knobbly knees are kind of bumpy knees. Mm. (laughs) Harry was looking at his family for the first time in his life. The potter smiled and waved at Harry, and he stared hungrily back at them. His hands pressed flat against the glass, as though he was hoping to fall right through it and reach them. He had a powerful kind of ache inside him, half joy, half terrible sadness. How long he stood there, he didn't know. The reflections did not fade, and he looked and looked until a distant noise brought him back to his senses. He couldn't stay here. He had to find his way back to bed. He tore his eyes away from his mother's face, whispered, I'll come back, and hurried from the room. You could have woken me up, said Ron crossly. You can come tonight. I'm going back. I want to show you the mirror. 
I'd like to see your mom and dad, Ron said eagerly. And I want to see all your family, all the Weasleys. You'll be able to show me your other brothers and everyone. You can see them any old time, said Ron. Just come round to my home this summer. Anyway, maybe it only shows dead people. Shame about not finding Flamel, though. Have some bacon or something. Why aren't you eating anything? Harry couldn't eat. So they're talking at breakfast, I think. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Harry couldn't eat. He had seen his parents and would be seeing them again tonight. He had almost forgotten about Flamel. It didn't seem very important anymore. Who cared what the three-headed dog was guarding? What did it matter if Snape stole it, really? Are you all right, said Ron? You look odd. What Harry feared most was that he might not be able to find the mirror room again. With Ron covered in the cloak, too, they had to walk much more slowly the next time. They tried retracing Harry's steps from the library, wandering through the dark passageways for nearly an hour. I'm freezing, said Ron. Let's forget it and go back. No, Harry hissed. I know it's here somewhere. They passed the ghost of a tall witch gliding in the opposite direction, but saw no one else. Just as Ron started moaning, that his feet were dead with cold, Harry spotted the suit of armor. Mm -hmm. It's here, just here, yes! They pushed the door open. Harry dropped the cloak from around his shoulders and ran to the mirror. There they were, his mother and father beamed at the sight of him. See, Harry whispered, I can't see anything. Look, look at them all. There are loads of them. I can only see you. Look in it properly. Go on, stand where I am. Harry stepped aside, but with Ron in front of the mirror, he couldn't see his family anymore. Just Ron in his paisley pajamas. Ron, though, was staring transfixed at his image. Transfixed means You can't move. Hmm. Look at me, he said. Can you see all your family standing around you? No, I'm alone, but I'm different. I look older, and I'm head boy. What? I am. I'm wearing the badge like Bill used to, and I'm holding the house cup and the Quidditch cup. I'm (laughs) Quidditch captain, too. (laughs) Ron tore his eyes away from the splendid sight to look excitedly at Harry. Do you think the mirror shows the future? How can it? All my family are dead. Let me have another look. You had it to yourself all last night. Give me a bit more time. You're only holding the Quidditch cup. What's interesting about that? I want to see my parents. Don't push me. A sudden noise outside the corridor put an end to their discussion. They hadn't realized how loudly they'd been talking. 
quick, Ron threw the cloak back over them as the luminous eyes of Mrs. Norris came around the door. Do you remember Mrs. Norris? Filch's cat. Ron and Harry stood quite still, both thinking the same thing. Did the cloak work on cats? After what seemed an age, she turned and left. This isn't safe. She might have gone for Filch. I bet she heard us. Come on. And Ron pulled Harry out of the room. The snow still hadn't melted the next morning. Want to play chess, Harry? said Ron. No. Why don't we go down and visit Hagrid? No, you go. I know that you're thinking what you're thinking about, Harry. That mirror. Don't go back tonight. Why not? I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about it. And anyway, you've had too many close shaves already. Felch, Snape, and Mrs. Norris are wandering around. So what if they can't see you? What if they walk into you? What if you knock something over? You sound like Hermione. (laughs) I'm serious. Harry, don't go. But Harry had only one thought in his head, which was to get back in front of the mirror, and Ron wasn't going to stop him. Mm. That third night, he found his way more quickly than before. He was walking so fast he knew he was making more noise than was wise, but he didn't meet anyone. And there were his mother and father, smiling at him again, and one of his grandfathers nodding happily. Harry sank down to sit on the floor in front of the mirror. There was nothing to stop him from staying here all night with his family. Nothing at all, except... So, back again, Harry? Harry felt as though his insides had turned to ice. He looked behind him. Sitting on one of the desks by the wall was none other than Albus Dumbledore. Mm. Harry must have walked straight past him, so desperate to get to the mirror he hadn't noticed him. Uh, I didn't see you, sir. Mm. Strange how nearsighted being invisible can make you. Mm -hmm. So if you're invisible, you don't notice other things, too said Dumbledore, and Harry was relieved to see that he was smiling. So, said Dumbledore, slipping off the desk to sit on the floor with Harry, you, like hundreds before you, have discovered the delights of the Mirror of Erised. I didn't know it was called that, sir, but I expect you've realized by now what it does. It, well, it shows me my family. And it showed your friend Ron himself as head boy. How did you know? I don't need a cloak to become invisible, said Dumbledore gently. Now, can you think what the mirror of Erised shows us all? Harry shook his head. Let me explain. 
the happiest man on earth would be able to use the mirror of Erised like a normal mirror. That is, he would look into it and see himself exactly as he is. Does that help? Harry thought. Then he said slowly, It shows us what we want. Whatever we want. Yes and no, said Dumbledore quietly. It shows us nothing more or less than the deepest, most desperate desire of our hearts. You, who have never known your family, see them standing around you. Ronald Weasley, who has always been overshadowed by his brothers, sees himself standing alone, the best of all of them. However, this mirror will give us neither knowledge or truth. Men have wasted away before it, entranced by what they have seen, or being driven mad, not knowing of if what it shows is real or even possible. The mirror will be moved to a new home tomorrow, Harry, and I ask you not to go looking for it again. If you ever do run across it, you will now be prepared. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Remember that. Now why don't you put that admirable cloak back on and get off to bed? Harry stood up. Sure. Professor Dumbledore, can I ask you something? Obviously you've just done so. Dumbledore smiled. You may ask me one more thing, however. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I? I see myself holding a pair of thick woolen socks. Harry stared. One can never have enough socks, said Dumbledore. (laughs) Another Christmas has come and gone, and I didn't get a single pair People will insist on giving me books. It was only when he was back in bed that it struck Harry that Dumbledore might not have been quite truthful. But then he thought, as he shoved scabbers off his pillow, it had been quite a personal question. (laughs) So, So that tells us that we need to not only think of what we want, but we need to live. Mm. Mm, a very good lesson. Mm. So, that was a long chapter, sorry, but thank you for listening to the very end. Um, we will be back next time to read some more. Goodbye. Bye-bye.